Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, and welcome to The Backstory with Claire and Susie. In each episode, we'll be hearing about an experience that has happened to someone that shaped who they are. 30 minutes that remind us that everyone's dealing with something. So we're a documentary podcast, a docupod. Except you made that word up. We've had a bit of a break, but we have returned. Susie, happy to be back? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been warming up the old vocal cords by having a good old shout at my children. So yeah, I'm good to go. Claire, remind us where we left off last time. Yeah, we went out with Tiff Young's amazing story of overcoming terminal blood cancer, which ended up on Sky News and in the Daily Mail. Oh my God. Never thought we'd be proud of ending (laughs) up in the Daily Mail, but we'll take publicity wherever we can get it. Absolutely. Um, And such a brilliant story, so do have a listen if you haven't already. Yep, and here we are back in your earphones again with a slightly tweaked new version of the backstory. New season, new format. We've still got the backstory, our interview with someone telling us about a peak or a trough in their life and back chat where Susie and I talk about some of the issues, but we've rolled them into one weekly show. For those of you who love some of our harder to listen to podcasts, don't worry, there's still plenty of grit. But in addition, we've also got some lighter moments, Mm. confessions, laughs, a few peaks to go with the troughs. So Claire, this week you went off to London to meet Kiki. Yeah, I didn't know what Kiki was going to tell me about. Um, Actually, I thought it might be about her women's football club in Hackney. Okay. Um, But then she blindsided me with a totally different story that she wanted to share. It's it's a story of two halves, um, which is pretty apt given she's a footballer. So... I don't know what you're going to talk about, Kiki. I don't know oh, if you know what you're going to talk about. I haven't decided. Um, but when you cast your mind back mm. over the timeline of your life, oh, gosh. what are the peaks and troughs and which one would you like to talk about today? Oh, now, for those listening, we have just had a quick convo and I'm torn. Um, I don't know what one to pick. I, like I think you just need to have the confession of the. Like, Do you think? Yeah. I think oh it's time God. To it. Okay. So let's let's talk about an absolute trough and which has turned into a peak. So probably when I was about fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. And you're in school. You're picking your options. You know what you're going to do for GCSE, and you have no idea. 
And I've always thought, oh, I want to be in the police. But not just, like, on the street, like, you know, your regular Bobby. I want to kind of have a decent career in the police. I'm quite good at the old investigating, you know. Don't worry, I don't Facebook stalk people. But I can I can get to the bottom of things. So I thought, right, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this. So I went to uni, done sociology. I mean, I'd done my dissertation on crime, which I hated. But I still done it because I thought, no, I want to go in the police. This could look good. Big tick. Graduate. Get a regular job just in like a a bank call centre back in Southend and I applied to become a special constable and I was told at the time that's the only way you're going to be able to kind of become permanent and have a career in the police you have to volunteer first but I was schlepping to Richmond every Saturday training doing the assessments learning it all I pass woohoo I'm on the path for this career. Did you enjoy it? I did. I enjoyed the group I was with, like, still friends with some of them. Um, You kind of have a laugh, but at the same time, you're learning, like, laws. You're learning how to defend yourself. You're learning how to arrest someone without hurting them. All of these things you're trying to learn whilst you're doing your regular day job. And then you're getting up at like four o'clock on a Saturday to then talk about all this. So it was really gruelling, but it was fun and it was interesting and we all enjoyed it and we've all passed. So I start to kind of, you know, volunteer. You book on the shifts that you want to do. Um, and You don't get paid at all? No, you do not get paid. Um, but you've got all the gear, literally no idea what you're doing. And you all go out in this van and you have like um, mentors and they kind of assist you and you basically have a checklist of what you need to do before you can then just go out with one other police officer on your regular volunteering shift. So it's things like make an arrest, book in lost property, um, you know, do a stop and search. How old were you at this point? So I must have been 21. Right. So yeah, I've... I feel like I still hadn't experienced life and I'm now walking around the streets of Brixton trying to, you know, do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. One guy was I was on shift with, he found a pair of keys on the street and he was like, oh, I can use these as, you know, one of my things that I have to do. I can book in these set of keys as lost property. What do I get? I get a hundred grand's worth of crack cocaine and a gun that's been stashed in... um, like a electric box. So wow. it was on this estate in the stairwell. The electrician's gone round doing work on the whole estate and he's opened up this one box and found all this stuff. Mm. So I don't know why I always get, you know, the short straw, but I'm then stood in this stairwell just holding a shitload of crack. And I've never even seen it before. I didn't even know what it was. But actually, to talk about my trough in, in life... Um, I'd booked a day off work, right. so unpaid, yep. and then I'm going to do some public order training right. for the police. So you have to do this training. So things like big events, crowds, you know, you're learning how to deal with it. Wow. So I was getting the train from Rochford on the South End line into Liverpool Street, and you get a warrant card when you're a special constable, and they say, you know, you can travel in and around London. So when I spoke to the person who worked at the train station, can I get 
on this train with this warrant card or do I need to buy a ticket? No, you're fine because if you're 72 miles out of London, you get to, to travel in for free. Sweet. Right, so I'm on the train. Don't really want to do the training, but, you know, I'm going to go. And I get to Liverpool Street and, you know, there's people at the barriers. So I just flash my warrant card like the tit that I am and the bloke went, oh, no, you're going to have to go over and, and talk to that woman. And she come over and she said, oh, you're, you shouldn't be travelling using this warrant card. You should have bought a ticket. And I was like, what? I was like, oh, sorry, like, I'll, I'll buy a ticket. She went, no, 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 you, that is a breach of, huh. what is it, like your privileges? Almost like, like you know, no, you've bunked this train because you can be asked to pay for a ticket. And I was like, no, that is not how it was. Um, I got told that I could use this. No, 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 right, so what you're going to need to do is, well, we'll obviously have to take this further. And I was like, oh, okay. She went, I won't arrest you. I was like, thank you, that's very kind of you. Um, she went, but you need to go and talk to your sergeant about this. And I'm thinking, oh, my word. <sighs> but I was just thinking, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Like, I never get in trouble. I like a rule, and I always stick to the rules. So I'm just like, why Why has this happened? So anyway, I poodle off over to Clapham, thinking, oh, God, I hope Sarge is in. Eventually, he arrives, and I just break down. I'm like, I, I don't know what's happened. I'm meant to be at this training. I'm not there. I was meant to have got a ticket, and I didn't get a ticket. And he was like, right, you've got two options. You either kind of take this further, fight your corner, essentially, and it'll probably go to court, so you'll probably get a fine and a, a criminal record. I was like, oh, okay. Or, and I was like, yes, or you resign. And I was like, oh, okay. <sighs> so all that work, six months of travelling to Richmond, going out on the street, dealing with not very nice people for a career that I had wanted for years. I was pushing, gunning to be in the police. Like, that's it. This is what I want to do. Yeah. And because of that, it was all kind of taken away from me. That's so, just the most horrendous thing, like, for a £12 ticket. Yeah. Did it seem completely, like, just so unfair? Or? Yeah, I was just so shocked. You know when you, you get up in the morning and you don't think that's going to happen? Yeah. And it did, so I was like, well, I'm, I'm just going to have to resign then. But you just think, what am I going to do? There was no backup plan. Was he sympathetic to your cause? He was, but he was a bit like, well, you shouldn't have done it. And I was like, well... I didn't know. This is what I find. I think people do things in life all the time. Sometimes they do it intentionally and other times you don't do it intentionally. Yeah. But sometimes you just end up in this scenario and you just think, oh my God, how, how have I got there? Like, I don't do things like that. I don't things, do things with the intent of, yes, I got away with paying for a train ticket. Yeah. It's 12 quid. But anyway, I've resigned. That's it. So I've had to hand all my uniform back in, oh. all the equipment. That's it, I'm done. So what happened when you went home that night? Oh, I just cried. I, like, cried. I was like, rung my mum. I was like, mum, this has happened. She was like, what? I don't get it. I don't understand. And I think some people doubted me in terms of, are you sure that's all you've done? Because if you've done something else, I won't mind. 
just you just got to be honest with me. And I'm like, no, it's it was just the train ticket. Did um, your mum think that you'd done something else? No, but you know when like some of your mates are like, come on, yeah, I'm your mate. You can tell me. And I'm like, no, just just a train ticket. But it was, I think, the embarrassment, and I still get it now. Where if I haven't seen people for a while, because everyone knew that's that that was what I wanted to do. And everyone right. was like, I could totally see you doing that. Yeah, totally can see you as a police officer. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to do it. But it just made me realise, actually, would you want to work in a place like that where there is no kind of grey area? Yeah. It's either black or white, you're in or you're out, you're right or you're wrong. And I thought, nah, it's not for me. Plus, How like, long did it take you to get over it, though? Like, how, like how, how long was it, like, really bad? I'm going to say about a year, year or so. And then Lloyd's turned around and went, we're shutting down this whole South End building. So it's about 800 jobs. And everyone's like, oh, oh God, I need to get a new job. And I thought, I'm getting out. I need to find a job. So then, yeah, I found, well, you know what it's like. You just stick your CV in at a, an agency. Yeah. And this bloke rolled me up and said, oh, there's this project going on. Do you want to go for an interview? I was like, yeah, all right then. I didn't really know anything about banking. But I managed to get this job. And again, I mean, I don't tell some people the real reason as to why I left the police. Right. So I have it on my CV because it does look good. And, you know, there's a lot of skill sets of, you know, tell me about a time when you've been put in an awkward situation. And I'm like, oh, well, actually, when I was holding all this crack cocaine, that was awkward. And when I arrested this bloke, like... I had no idea what I was doing, but I'd done it. Perfect so they see, yeah, they, yeah, they love it. So I'm like reel off all these stories. And then they go, well, why, 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 why do you want this job? And I go, oh, well, you know, it wasn't for me. And <laughs> they had no jobs going. Um, and actually the guy interviewing me, he went, oh, I, I applied for the police. And I'd done all the training. And as soon as we'd finished, they went, there are no jobs. Oh, so he was like, I know exactly where Brilliant. you're coming from. That and I was you. like, yes, yes, you do. Um, yeah, I think it's affected a few of us. Um, but so, yeah, I can't, I just, I think I'm embarrassed to tell people the real reason. But thankfully, I now have a very good job with a good career path. And I don't have to deal with any rubbish. Um, and so do you genuinely look back on it now and think actually that was a blessing in disguise absolutely it was probably the best thing that could have happened to me but at the time you think your world's just ended because you've basically been told you're not going to do something that you've worked years towards doing so yeah it wasn't wasn't and how did your like parents cope with you and like you went back afterwards oh they were relieved my mum was like I didn't want you doing it anyway there's not some very nice people out there you know I was fretting over you doing a night shift and all of this and you know my dad was like yeah no it's no it's no career it's no career in the police anymore you know dodgy pensions now you know you're overworked and underpaid yeah yeah yeah. stick to banking you get to have a nice cushy job and have money chucked at you and I'm like yeah I mean that that would be nice I mean it's not not there yet but yeah, so I think they were relieved because they, they didn't like the thought of me kind of dealing with some not very nice people. And do you watch like police dramas now and sort of like feel a bit sad or are you okay? Um, I, I suppose I have moments where I'm like, oh God, imagine if I'd have carried on. What would I be doing? Like, would I, I you know, I, I, so yeah, I suppose I do think what if. 
but actually I am like, oh, I'm glad. I'm glad I do Monday, Friday, 9-5 in a nice job and I'm not having to do deal with all of that. So do you ever worry it's going to be like an episode of Suits where like somebody at work is going to be like, oh, you said you were in the police and that you just didn't like it and now actually I've just found out. That yeah, I do feel a little bit like Mike Ross. Okay, so I love Suits. Um, yeah, so I have moments where I do think, oh, God, I should have just told them. I should have just told work because I think the people who I work with, they would be like most of my friends would have reacted when I told them oh, my God, that is ridiculous. I can't yeah. believe that happened to you. But I haven't told them. And now I'm four years in. And so I think you can't turn around and go, oh, FYI, guys. Um, you know when I said about how I just left because it wasn't for me? Um, yeah, I, I didn't get a ticket, so I got kicked out. I just can't do that now. Um, and obviously it was so big in your head. Like, yeah. And it was such a big deal because it was your world sort of thing. Yeah. And yet, of course... If somebody said that to me, I'd be like, oh, I completely understand why you're a bit embarrassed. But, yeah. like, you know, I'm sure your boss didn't give a damn. Yeah. Like, they'd be completely fine with it. Like. Exactly. But, no, it, it is one of those things where you kind of play it up in your head um, to yeah. make it way worse. I mean, that I could have talked about another trough where my dad doesn't know I'm gay, but everyone else in my life does. And everyone goes, just tell him. Just tell him. He probably knows anyway. You're nearly 28. What, you've never had a boyfriend? And I'm like... I can't tell him. It's got too too far now. We are past that point. So this is still the case? Yes, this is still the case. So right. I've had a girlfriend for four years. Doesn't, doesn't know. Um, I've had other girlfriends. Doesn't know. All my other family, like my Your sisters. Your mum knows? Yeah, my mum knows. Told her at 18. That's a story in itself. Um, but yeah, there's just... Sometimes, and maybe it's me, I feel like maybe a lot of people are like this. When something's big to you, yeah, you think it's going to be big to everyone, and actually it's not. But So your mum and dad still together? No. Oh, okay. So I mean, that would have been awkward, that wouldn't been it? Awkward. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they split up when I was 10. Oh, so, yeah. Right. Yeah, but my dad's, like, remarried, so I've got a younger half-brother and sister. But, yeah, I just can't tell him, and I'm probably going to move in with my girlfriend next year. So I'm like, I've got a, the countdown clock is ticking. So oh, I've got. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Basically a year to come out. And would you like your dad to know? I would. Um, every time, probably for like the last three years I'd say every time I see him I don't see him too often probably like once a month right. every time I see him I'm like I'm gonna tell him 
just got to tell him, got to tell him, dad, got a girlfriend, like, you know, you probably already know. And every time I see him, it never happens. To the point where once my stepmum, it was my brother's birthday, he'd just got this TV and they were putting it on his bedroom wall. Right. And my dad was in the other room sorting out, I don't know, the TV. So I'm in the room with my brother, he's now 11, and my little sister, she's three, and my stepmum, and we're, I don't know, pottering about. And we're chatting about my sister, she's got this boyfriend, so I've got two older sisters, twins, one's oh, married. See. One of my sisters has this boyfriend. She went, oh, how, how's, you know, how's things with, with your sister and, and Matt? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, they're really good. Like, you know, seem pretty solid. And she went, so, so what about you? Are you, you seeing anyone? Now, I am probably 26 at this point. Right. And I've never been asked that question by my dad or my stepmom. So I just froze and I'm sweating. Like, I'm literally sweating and I'm just going, um, uh, uh, I should probably talk to you and dad. And she just didn't really say anything and that was that. Oh, no. And I was like, that was one moment. You were meant to say it. Because I just want them to go, are you with anyone? So I can go, yes, yes, I am. And it's a female and she's mixed race. Because my dad is, you know, it's that classic generation of don't like woofters and, you know, (laughs) don't bring a black man home. Oh, God. Which isn't great. Yeah. And I know he's not like that, but he says these things, and I just think, you cannot say that. So I've grown up with, if any of my kids are gay, you're not my kid. So I just have this act. Well, he's actually said that. Yeah, he has said that. I mean, it's not all the time, because he doesn't think, you know, like I said, where I'm from, it's it's not really like that. So there's those conversations don't really happen that often. But I suppose, because he has said it, and it might have, he's only he's maybe said it once, it is yeah. stuck, because yeah. I'm like, oh my God, that is me. Like, I like girls, and my current girlfriend is mixed race. I mean, she's stunning. So I know he's. I know he will really like her. But I've got this fear now in my head of, oh my god, he is going to absolutely disown me. So I just haven't said anything, and all my mates take the piss out of me. Just tell him he knows. So even now, it's still quite a big deal to come out. Oh yeah, but he's the. To anyone else, I don't care. I don't care, I'm happily, you know, I'll be open about it. Yes, I'm gay. Yes, I've got a girlfriend. But to my dad... So do you change the things you say to him? Like, you know, if you've gone on holiday with a girlfriend or like you just pretend it's just a friend? Yeah, so I've got a friend who lives in Dubai and me and my girlfriend, Coral, we went out there for a week. Nice holiday, you know, get to stay there so it's a bit cheaper. Yeah. And he said, oh, you going away? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm actually off to Dubai next week. He went, oh, to see, like, my friend. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He went, you going on your own? And I was like, yep. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going with my girlfriend. And we had a really nice time. But it's like, won't show him any holiday pictures. But generally, I will go on holiday with friends as well as with Coral. So I kind of just say, oh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on holiday, like, with, with my two best mates. He's like, oh, yeah, have a nice time. But other times, I could, I've been on holiday and he's not even known. So, you know, and it's bad because I just think, God, if anything happens to me, and he's going to be like, what? Who, who are you with? Like, I just think, oh, God, I need to tell him. 
but I just can't bring myself to do it. Can we just play him this? You are? Can no. We? Well, I thought about, oh, maybe I'll write a letter. I mean, but then I think, oh, God. And then I think, maybe I'll just, like, some of my friends have taken my phone on a night out and been like, I'm just going to text him. I'm just going <gasps> to text him and say, hi, Dad, got to get a friend. See you soon. And I'm like, no, don't do it. But, yeah, I mean, we're, he's a funny one. Because if I go around, he, he ask me how work is, but that's it, really. Doesn't really ask anything else. He's, he's quite miserable, but I think that's because of who he married and the life he has. But So, yeah, the, the, there's never that moment of, oh, you with anyone? Yeah, yeah, I am. So, yeah, I think until he asks, I just don't have it in me to, to tell. So some real themes coming out of Kiki's story there. Yeah, uh, both stories Kiki told seem to have that thing going on where, you know, there's something really big in your mind. You know, for, for Kiki, there was the fact that she hadn't quite told work that she was asked to resign from, you know, the police training. And also that she hasn't quite told her dad that she's gay. And, you know, those things just seem to be getting bigger and bigger, don't they? You know, the more she doesn't mention them, they just get bigger. Oh, they must do, yeah. Um, have you ever had anything like this, Susie? I think I've had many things like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, many instances. I, years ago, I was um, working on a very unsuccessful PhD, which I didn't finish. And right. I got, you know, I just got my knickers completely in a twist about it. So, I, you know, I was getting behind with it and I just wasn't doing very well. And it was just a complete absolute nightmare and I remember saying to my supervisor you know I just don't want to go into the department I'm so embarrassed and I just feel like everybody's going to be looking at me and thinking oh my god you know there she is she's so dreadful and actually what my supervisor said was the most helpful thing in the world she just said look basically nobody gives monkeys you know you're such small fry everybody's got their own stuff going on you're worrying about this and it's massive for you but it's not massive for other people and Honestly, I don't think she could have said anything better to me. You know, yeah, being told that you're insignificant has never felt so good <laughs> in all my life. So, yeah, I think we can all relate to that thing where, you know, something just gets blown up in your mind and it becomes a massive issue. Yeah, and I could really see how the police story had become so big in her head, but quite understandable because so much had ridden on that decision. It had yeah. been such a big deal in her life, hadn't yeah. it? And her whole career path was just taken away from her. Yeah, absolutely. It was a nightmare for her. And, you know, she was very black and white, wasn't it? The way that decision was made. And yeah. I think, you know, it's quite, it has big implications. You know, it's quite dangerous to kind of make that decision so quickly for a young person and basically kind of cut off their options so drastically, you know, and really it was just quite an innocent mistake that she made. Yeah, it made me want to rage that you know, it was just so unfair. She mm. was like clearly someone who followed a rule and had just used the card at the wrong time. I just couldn't work somewhere where there were no shades of grey. <laughs> so I could go in there with, you know, a very obvious Christian Grey comment, couldn't I? That's the <laughs> obvious joke there. But actually, um, for our listeners, we're working at Claire's house and really it is a study in shades of grey, isn't it? So something you know all about, my dear. Very true. So I think those moments in life, they're, they're interesting, aren't they? You know, perhaps especially when you're young and something happens and your whole world just comes crashing down and actually you're forced down another path. Yeah, or it feels like there aren't any paths. Um, 
the thing that you had your heart set on, it sort of, it just doesn't happen. Mm. I can remember thinking I was going to be a doctor. Um, and then luckily for all my potential patients <laughs> out there, um, <laughs> I ended up not getting the grades. And again, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. But um, at the time it felt really, you know, it felt really bad. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's great to hear that for Kiki, her bad experience actually was for the best. And, and, you know, it turns out really well. It was a good thing for her. Yeah, definitely. Kiki's such a cool woman. She also plays for LGBT football team Hackney. And I reckon she should start up a women's football podcast because she's got like, she's got a good way of telling a story, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry, sorry. I I know lots of people enjoy a football podcast, but I don't. Claire, what do we enjoy? What's our recommendation for the week? Okay, so I've been listening to Standard Issue recently. Um, It's quite hard to define and has a myriad of presenters as far as I can work out. Okay. But it's essentially a very female skewed podzine. A podzine? Yeah, that is a podcast. It's a thing, is it? It's a podcast magazine. Right, Okay. Um, so there's lots of ma- subjects, lots of female comedians. Um, and the best thing about it for me is Sarah Millican because I just, I just love her. Yeah. She's so funny. Yeah, she's amazing, isn't she? So this is the bit where we discuss the three things we've learned. Susie, what did you pick up from listening to Kiki? Well, for me, you know, item number one, as it were, the most interesting thing was, you know, thinking about coming out. And, Are you? Well, not this very moment, but, you know, it's 2018 <laughs> and I kind of... It should be easy for you. We should. (laughs) Yeah, if my husband's listening. Um, No, but it should, shouldn't it? It should be so easy. I mean, honestly, for God's sake, there's been a lot of time for people to get used to the idea, really. Yeah. Um, And I suppose, you know, you know, I grew up in the 80s and things are very, very different. You know, undoubtedly things are much better now than they were in the 80s. But actually, it is still an issue in 2018. And that shocks me. And I, you know, I think, yeah, I just find I found that. I did find it quite shocking actually when yeah. she said it to me because I was like, my God, you know, she's just so open and like chatty, and then you just feel yeah. like you know everyone in her world will know that she's gay. Oh no, they don't. Um, so yeah, I I just hope that maybe her dad's comments were said a while ago. You know, the things that have kind of really stuck in Kiki's mind. Yeah. Um, and hopefully his attitudes have changed. Yeah, so I um, heard something on the radio recently about the British Attitude Survey and and looked it up online. And what I found out was that in 1983, fewer than 20% of the population accepted same-sex relationships. Um, And the most recent figures from 2016... Uh, I think that figure had risen to 64% of the population that accepted same-sex relationships. So, you know, brilliant. Things are getting better. And all we can hope for is that Kiki's dad is in that 44% who have changed their attitudes. Definitely. Um, and I was just thinking it was might be worth saying, like, any suggestions on how Kiki could come out to her dad from oh, our listeners? Oh, God, yeah, that's um, good. Maybe if anyone has any suggestions, you can tweet us or email us. Um, we're at the Backstory Pod um, on Twitter. Um, we'll put out a tweet, actually, about this, and then maybe we can get some suggestions going on. Yeah, I'd love to hear other people's coming out stories, actually. That would be brilliant. That would also be great, yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, like, whether it went well, yeah. maybe we could just sort of encourage Kiki into, like, yeah, it's going to be fine. Yeah. There's a national coming out day on the 11th of October um or maybe Father's Day would have been a good one but it's just a week too late so anyway so that gives another year to find the right words yeah again you know hopefully Kiki has built this into something that it doesn't need to be and hopefully her dad will already know yeah I reckon he probably already knows and I think she mentioned writing a letter maybe a good option as I think he may be hurt the longer 
he doesn't know or she doesn't tell him at least and once the letter's written then they're just going to have to talk about it the next time they see each other aren't they um it struck me that if her parents hadn't been divorced she would have told her mum and she would have told her dad and it would have been like job done but or actually do you know what happens with a lot of friends of mine they told their mum and then their mum went and told their dad yeah, that's what i'm so, saying oh i see like, right yeah. the mum would actually have got yeah, yeah absolutely you know between a couple you're going to struggle yeah. to keep that a secret i actually yeah. made the mistake i was kind of like I, initially i thought that she had told her mum her parents were together and her mum hadn't told her dad. Oh I was my like, God, my how God, 10 you? years. <laughs> like, um, but actually it turns out they're, they're separated. So that's right. why it has turned okay. into this sort of two-parter and she sort of stalled with the second part for 10 oh years. Oh my God. Okay, what's the second thing we've learned then, Susie? Well, I really like the way that she said she likes to follow a rule and that as a rule, tends to divide people into two camps, doesn't it? You know, not crims and straight lacers, but, you know, I think, Claire, even you and I would probably be in different camps. Yeah. Uh, despite the number of letters you seem to be getting lately from the DVLA, you're not a crim as far as I know, but, you know, you still Okay, kind so of... let me explain about the DVLA okay. letters. <laughs> oh, please do, <laughs> There yeah. are quite a few, but that's because I'm still catching up on my name change after five after years of marriage. Five years, yeah. <laughs> um, as if there weren't enough reasons to keep your own name, the hassle of changing your name in so many ways is so annoying. So I don't know if anyone else finds this, but um, so when I got caught by a camera for going a bit fast recently, um, I then had to change my name on my driving license and my address, as it turns out. Oh, my um, God. Before, I was going to have to then send my driving license off to the DVLA to get the points put on it. So I had, like, had this, like, so that's why I've had a multitude of letters from the DVLA, not to mention the second lot of, like, points. Oh, my God. Oh, anyway. my God. Okay. Complete and utter palaver. You know, I don't think it quite puts you into the crim category yet. But, oh, you God. know, with every story, we are getting a little bit closer to prison. But, you know, I, I'm maybe a bit more like Kiki. I'm an absolute stickler for rules um and you know Claire I think you're probably a bit more happy to to sort of let them bend a bit Mm. um you know we've talked about the building work that we've both been doing and I've been doing this fairly kind of modest building project and have been on the phone to the planning department (laughs) at every opportunity (laughs) to check that the color of the shed is acceptable and the height of this and that is acceptable yeah (laughs) I just wanted to check. I've flown up by five centimetres. Is that okay? <laughs> Pretty much. I just like to make sure there's nothing wrong with that. And you've done this much bigger project. And as far as I'm aware, you didn't ring them once. No. Um, you know, and I kind of, if I'm absolutely honest, there's part of me that wishes that I could be a bit more like that. Most of me is truly horrified, but a little bit of me <laughs> wishes that I could just be a bit more like that. I Yeah, I felt with Kiki, for Kiki even more with her train scenarios. I really believe she wouldn't break a rule. She has a very honest face um okay so point number three of the three things we've learned our last point is i never knew about hackney women's football team and the fact that it's lgbt group who've really fought for their position yeah yeah and it's kind of quite topical at at the moment you know with the russian world cup which i know absolutely everything about of course um but i i do yeah i am absolutely glued to the screen but no i mean you know seriously we are aware of you know the homophobia in Russia and it is actually really great to hear a positive story. Definitely Hackney started in 1986 and has had quite a few battles along the way even with the FA I think but it's a great community who are um, well they're as much about football as they are about um, a very good time I think and yeah. a lot of socialising which is you know it's just I think Kiki's just really enjoyed being part of that community. Yeah.
So looking forward to next week, we're going to be hearing from Dave Chawner, who as a teenager with anorexia, couldn't find the words to describe how he felt. But he's more than made up for that now as a circuit comedian and DJ and also an ambassador for BEAT, the National Eating Disorders Charity. I remember very specifically one day like after breakfast like, I nipped upstairs to like weigh myself again and I remember my mum like crying and screaming from the bottom of the stairs like you're anorexic. So please subscribe so the programmes automatically drop into your podcast dream catcher ready for you to listen to next week. It is entirely free. All we ask in return is that you recommend us, rate us on Apple Podcasts and literally just write a little piece on your Facebook post saying this podcast is really good. Have a listen. It's only with your help that we will reach the kind of numbers that means Susie and I can pay for us ourselves to have a cup of tea in Waitrose which incidentally aren't free anymore it's a middle class nightmare we are the backstory podcast on Facebook and Instagram at the backstory pod on Twitter if you're searching on Apple podcasts or elsewhere make sure you look for the backstory with Claire and Susie see you next Tuesday Uh, you can't say that Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.